What's up, boys and girls? Thank you for tuning in to the Josh Belcher Experience. I'm your host, Josh Belcher. Remember, this podcast is unique, just like all the other ones you listen to. The only thing that truly sets us apart is your host has an ADHD-driven mind, followed by a splash of bipolar tendencies. Now sit back, relax, hold on to your seats, and let's get this party started. Super excited about having my guest today. Let me go ahead and give you a really awesome intro because he deserves it. Um, Three things are putting Columbia, Tennessee on the map nowadays. We've got, of course, the Mules. We've got President Polk and then Mr. Mike Medford of Medford Mokers. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fine. Hey, you got to remember there's a few other things on the map. You got J3 Restorations over there. Yeah. Rich does an awesome job in Porsches. And we have Mule Town Coffee. We do. I enjoy some today. I'm very hyper right now. And some of the restaurants that are in the area around the square that are popping up. Man, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, delicious. You have so many. We have, what, Thai now? We've got uh, 822 Burger, yeah. and their onion rings are exceptional. Best onion. Have you ever had their onion rings? I haven't, but you're making me hungry already. Go in there. We'll have to do lunch because you go in there. Oh, my God. They have the best onion rings. And what's cool about them, they batter them all right there, and they're thick and meaty. So they put, they slice them really, you know, it's not all crust. It's yeah. actually the meat of the you're onion. You're getting an actual onion oh, ring. No, no, no. It is. It, it's great. So well, yeah, that's awesome. there's a lot going on. Plus, Columbia is so easy to maneuver around. Even when there's traffic, when there is no traffic, it's easy to get around town. That's what I love about it. <laughs> I live right now in Leaper's Fork near uh, Franklin, and I'm ready to move. I hear you. In fact, I put my house on the market. Anybody want to buy it, come see me. <laughs> it's can... on the market. I want to sell it. I want to move to Columbia because this guy's got me all excited about it. <laughs> uh, Meffers Motors is right downtown. What, this is 7th Street, right? We're on the corner of 7th and Woodland. And what's really cool is that Mike Wolf and I were trying to host uh, pretty much pretty consistently. The third Saturday of every month, we're doing Cars and Coffee. Mule Town Coffee, Mule House. Is it Mule Town or Mule, Mule, Mule Town? Town. Yeah. Mule Town Coffee actually brings their wagon down here and serves up coffee, and it's really great. We're on the corner of Woodland and 7th Street, uh, right on the corner. We're at the old Chevrolet dealership that was put in in 1948. Yeah, it's amazing, and there it is like a kid in a candy store. All the uh, vehicles and stuff that you see on American Pickers, he just mentioned Mike Wolf. They come here to get to get worked on and get uh, restored or uh, put back into pristine condition to get uh, put back into the world. And Mr. Meffert's like a Rembrandt. He's, oh God, he's got get a, out of here! He's got a garage full of beautiful things. Now, now you say pristine condition. No, we're kind of more preservation. Preservation. Yeah, preservation. <laughs> yeah. You know, we kind of get you know cars that have a little patina and you know good bones that we can get run. I mean, they either have to have an excellent body or excellent motor or interior. You got or you got, you know, three areas that you want to be nice and make sure they're really cool. If all those areas are shot, hey, it's better to go get one that's done. I, I get so many people that come in here and they spend a lot of money for restoration cases, and it's like. You know, by the time they get done with paint and body and mechanical, you're held hostage by all these three different, you know, body shop, mechanical, that it's not worth it. It's not worth the frustration or the time. So it's always better to go out and get something that's pretty close to being done or a nice driver. I love nice drivers. Yeah. Because you don't worry about them getting scratched or anything. Like my Jag here, yep. I've got an XKE. I did a reproduction of a 1961-62 uh, Le Mans lightweight race car, even though it's not all aluminum alloy body. But I just, I just love that look. Yeah. And so, and it's not pristine. It's nice. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pristine it's got, to a guy like me. Yeah, but it's got scratches in it and stuff like that. You don't worry about somebody doing a door ding on it or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and another thing you show me because I'm a Mopar guy is is the the Dodge the Dodges you've got in that here. That's mouthwatering. That belongs to a guy named Lloyd. Okay. He's Franklin. He's a big home builder. And uh, I think he said, told me he builds 150 homes a year, him and his son, and construction company. And he's got, like, I believe about 55 all-original cars. Wow. And he, he collects them, and he's really into that super nice guy. What that is is a 1972 Demon Duster mm. 340 stick shift. And it was actually one of the, uh, not a prototype, but it was a dealer car. It was some dealership that actually put superchargers on them. 
for drag racing. So that thing originally had a supercharger. It's a low mileage, all original paint, all original interior. It's amazing. It's mean. Yes. Oh, my God. You hear it run. They put a cam in it, and they put a supercharger in it, and it's unbelievable. The rear tires, you just give it a little gas, and it just breaks loose, and just it just sits there, just spins them. I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's to me, it's beautiful. When you showed it to me, my eyes got overwhelmed. It's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's just we have so many cars. I like variety of cars. You know, You've some, got it. Some places, you know, they specialize in Mopar. Some places specialize in, you know, Cadillacs or MGs or British cars. I love European cars. European cars are my heartthrob. I always like the styling of European cars because they're always distinctly different. The handling characteristics, the bumping down the road, the breaking down, you know, all that stuff was so much fun as a kid. And I just, you know, I started out on uh, European cars when I was 14. I bought my first Jaguar XK120 when I was a kid. Of course, I was always biting at the, you know, the uh, uh, bit to get it going and drive it and race around. But, you know, it's always fun. Which is your favorite car besides that one? That's it? The Mopar? Um, well, yeah, Mopar? well, I saw this. This is beautiful here. Uh, I, the only way I describe it, it looks kind of like a Woody. It says mm-hmm. Dodge Brothers on the front. It's a Dodge Brothers. I believe it's a 1918. It belongs wow. to a guy named Bill out of Cornersville. And I uh, brought it in here to get it running. Well, actually, I got it running for him about a month ago. Went to his house and got it running for him. But it's got a little bit of carburation issue and a little bit of uh, distributor wear. And so we're trying to get that and uh, get it all sorted out so he can drive it and enjoy it around his, I think he has 2,000 acres out there. Oh, boy. 650 yeah. uh, Red Angus that are just <laughs> absolutely beautiful. Really Love nice to scratch guy. up against that, hopefully not. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, and then, you know, we're proudly wearing our shirts, Medford Motors. I know, the, you copied yeah, me this morning. Pride and preservation, I love it, because that's what you're doing here. Yeah. And you can come over and get a shirt. He'll sell you one. Yeah, yeah. I'll sell you one. Sometimes I give them away if you smile real good. <laughs> so. um, yeah, the you know, and, and what, what brought me over here and what pumped me full of pride living in Columbia, Tennessee, is your, um, you know, your um, American Pickers tie-in. You know, first of all, talking about getting the shop here. And then mm-hmm. what really got my blood going and just, you know, pumped my heart full of pride is, of course, the Aerosmith uh, touring van, the original. Um, can you kind of tell us about how you got met up with Mike Wolf and Frank Fritz, how you guys got started, and then oh, how you went from the Aerosmith van to delivering it to them? Can we just get a little tidbit Okay, of all right. This is a long story. You guys are cracking up. Okay, <laughs> get ready. Sit down, light up a cigarette, grab a cup of coffee or a shot of whiskey. This, <laughs> this is going to get long and drawn out, but about four years ago, I came to Franklin to visit my cousin. I'm originally from Northern California, the foothills in Auburn, California, and uh, Pilot Hill area above Folsom Lake right there. And uh, I just got frustrated with California, especially the air quality in the summertime. The last six years with all the fires, if you get a fire in L.A., uh, Sacramento Valley was like a bowl, and all the smoke would settle in there. It was literally like fog, and visibility was like 40. And he'd be breathing that stuff all summer long. And uh, then they want to put a meter on your well water. And I came to Franklin, and I was like, I love it. And then I have a, Mike Wolf and I have a mutual friend, Vince Martinico. Vince Martinico is a big motorcycle collector, and he's also a uh, avid, uh, he has uh, vintage uh, travel trailers, like the Bolus that's in the corner. Mm-hmm. Okay, that Bolus is a 1936 Bolus. Everybody walks in and thinks it's an Airstream. Yeah, that's so, what I thought, too. <laughs> yeah, so I've known Vince for 30 years. He used to come in my restaurant. I opened a restaurant at the age of 20 in Rockland, California. And Vince and his family would come in all the time, and that's how I got acquainted with Vince, and we became friends over the years, you know, motorcycles, cars, stuff like that. And then uh, he's good friends with Mike. He's been friends with Mike for, oh, geez, 20 years before Mike even, you know, made it big. And so uh, I got here, and uh, so I came into Leaper's Fork, and Vince said, hey, if you see Mike, make sure you say hi to him. And I was at Puckett's, and this is four years ago, sitting on a little bench in front of Puckett's, and behold, behold, Mike comes walking around the corner. I go, hey, Mike, you know Vince Martinico? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I know Vince. And we started talking, and he told me why he moved to Leapers Fork. He said, out of all the places in America that he's traveled, that's the place to be. And he said, no state withholding tax. That was also kind of nice. <laughs> and uh, so I said, that's it. So I went home and sold two of my vintage cars and uh, put a bit large down payment on a house in Leapers Fork. And then rented it out for a year. That finally got back out here, and then got reacquainted with Mike. I said, uh, I talked to Mike, and I said, you know, I said, uh, you know, if you want me to work on your stuff, please let me do it. I'd love to work on your stuff. I'll save you a ton of money, and I'll do it right. Well, he took me up on it, <laughs> and then it's like he was like, oh, okay, cool. And I don't think I, you know, dicked around on it and got stuff going for him. And then finally, he started talking about Columbia. 
you know, how he thinks it's, you know, great and blah, blah. So I came over to Columbia and I bought a brick building off of South Main over mm-hmm. by the art district over there. Yeah. Okay. Large brick building. And I was going to put my shop in and Mike, Mike always called it the chicken coop. You know, and I thought it was just cool, which it was, it's a really cool, which I ended up selling that to Blair Gardner, oh, the, yeah. the radio guy, because he was going to put Mule House in there, the new Mule House venue. It's like 5,000 square feet. So I became friends with Blair, ended up selling that. And then, uh, then I ended up over here on the, uh, the dealership and then Mike and I put together a deal on it and we, you know, opened this place and we're partners in the building, putting it together and we're going to bring it back to its original glory. We're going to take the bricks out of the front showroom and put all the glass windows in. And right now, we started doing some of the glass windows around that little oval area yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Ben Black, uh, he's got a construction company. He's renting those, that first part right there. And he's going to put a man store in. So the man store is going to be basically what's going to be cool about it. It's stuff for men. Yeah. You know, like uh, probably T-shirts, hats. I don't know. And It's kind of like a man cave store, but not really. It's going to be... Really cool, and I'm excited about yeah, that. Yeah. That's going to be really great. Because downtown Columbia, do we have anything for men? No, not no, really. No, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be really cool. So then Mike and I uh, started going back and forth, and then finally he uh, said, hey, you want to be on? He didn't he didn't say you want to be on the show. He started bringing me in for phone call conversations, and he yes. kind of blended me in. And then he'd go, hey, let's do this. And then it started rolling. I never thought I was good enough for TV. In fact, uh I have a hard time watching the episodes that I'm in because you, you see yourself and you hear yourself and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's kind of hard to watch yourself on TV. And then Mike enjoyed it and everybody else said, hey, great, let's keep it going. And then one day after working on a few of the project cars, he goes, hey, let's get the Aerosmith thing down here and get it going. So we shipped it down from Davenport. Or it was in storage up in Iowa somewhere. And then we started tearing into it and... The next thing we had to do was find a donor van because the thing was so rusted. Uh-huh. I mean, some of the panels were just completely gone, and we needed to make it safe and secure for Aerosmith. Yeah. And so uh, he gave us about three months to do it. And, That's and crazy. a gentleman named Ben, who was working for me at the time, great guy, we got together and uh, we started whipping it out, and we went back and forth on different ideas on how we were going to approach the situation, kind of throwing punches at each other. And uh, finally got to a good blend where we were both kind of exhausted and started putting it together and <laughs> getting it done and, it, you know, getting it running and everything and getting it shipped out to the guys out yeah. there. It was really cool doing that episode and getting it out there. Yeah, and you drove you drove down with Mike's brother, right, to deliver Oh, yeah. We took it all the way and got it there, and, yeah. and that was kind of fun and entertaining, you know, getting it there and, you know, filming those uh, parts of the episodes. That was great. Yeah. I mean, heading, heading to Las Vegas just on a road trip. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, and for me to get to come here, and you've been so nice to me. Mr. Mefford's nice. I mean, he's a, he's one of the cool celebrities. He, oh, call he me Mike. You good. Call me the other uh, Mike. Yeah, the other Mike. But, yeah. um, you know, what an honor and privilege it is to watch you on television. You know, uh, being, you know, in Music City, just up in Nashville, myself, a musician, every other person plays something. To see it get worked around here and you put it to back to the way it was and the looks on their faces... Uh, as it's delivered. I mean, I know they thank you, but I wanted to thank you because it, it puts pride here because you were doing this locally. You put pride in your work. And it just, you know, the moment, it was just a goosebump moment is what I call it, looking at them, looking at their original van. And, and that's all because of you. It wouldn't have been possible. I mean, yeah, people, they, uh, you know, Mike and Frank can buy it and bring it to you, but you're the reason it's where it's at and the reason it's running. So hats off to you. That was It was amazing. Oh, thank you. You know what was really crazy about it? They didn't expect it to run. Really? They were in shock that it ran. Yeah. They thought it was going to be a pushing prop. <laughs> they did. They were absolutely in shock that it actually started and ran. The lights worked, turn signals worked. Yeah. You know, we really went through and got a bunch of people. There was a lot of people that got on that project. We kind of, uh, I had a neighbor, Aaron, he did the electrical on it. And I had a guy named Jake. Uh, he actually did the woodwork panel, which we went back and forth and had to blow up the pictures because the first round was wrong. I said, no, it looks like this. We had to tear into that, and just there were so many things to analyze and talking to different people and how and, uh, how we finish it and how the look. And Mike was monumental, Mr. Wolf. He just said, hey, we need to make it look like this. Yeah. You know, we can't go on back and forth, you know, uh, God, what are the colors? What I mean, what it looked like back then in 1969 and yeah, 70 when they were using 70, it. Wow. Was it this rusty? Did it have this much rust? 
So we went back and forth in that, and then Mike finally made the final decision where we would take it as far as the luck. Uh-huh. And the hard part was preserving the artwork that was on the side of it. Yeah. You know, working around that so we didn't do damage. And a lot of that thing is all original paint, too, uh-huh. that was rubbed out. I mean, and they, you know, they loved it because, uh, you know, when they saw it, that's one of the first things a couple of guys said, hey, this looks like how it looked when we got it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the paint, it was just, it was, it was, I call it pristine, you call it something else. But to me, that, that was more beautiful than actually going through it and just making it brand new because they, it took them back to a point of like their youth before, I mean, before Aerosmith was actually Aerosmith, and you mm-hmm. can't, you can't, they can't put a price tag on, on memories like that. No, and now when you're struggling living in a van like that. Yeah, and they basically they traveled around and lived in it. Yeah, you know they did. And that gentleman that actually owned the van, uh, some of the stories I heard about him, he was like, he was like their roadie. He believed in him. He paid for the gasoline to get him back and forth to the gigs. Yeah, I mean, he obviously loved him, and he, the gentleman's still alive. The best story I've heard about that van is they actually found a reel-to-reel tape inside the van, and okay. I believe Stephen has it, okay? And it was filmed, it was actually recorded at some uh, high school. They used to do high school you know, yeah. gigs for Sock dances. Sock or whatever, yeah. Whatever they were doing. But uh, <laughs> they actually found a reel-to-reel, and some of the songs, like Walk This Way and some of those really popular songs, they had all that you know, in their lineup even back then, yeah. you know, and they were just pushing them, making them better, and... You know, and then they popped, and then they became famous. And talking to Brad, and he told me, you know, they, it was all timing, hard work. You know, and then about 71, 72, they really started moving along. And he said it was just incredible. Yeah. And now, you know, they, they call them America's rock band, and, and everybody, everybody knows who they are. Everybody loves them. It's just, it's just a great story. And like I said, thank you for, you know, you could, you could take your stuff anywhere. You put it in, in Columbia, no, Tennessee. I came, I came to Tennessee, yeah. and I'll tell you why. You know, when I first was in Franklin four years ago, and I was in Leaper's Fork, there was a lot of old-timers there, okay? There really was. And I love that. I mean, that's what made it special. A lot of those old-timers have gotten bought out, or they've, uh, you know, yeah. they've died, yeah. unfortunately. The hereafter. Yeah, hereafter. <laughs> and it kind of, it lost its charm. And downtown Franklin is such a, you know, it's kind of high-end. It's yeah. very expensive. And then you come down to, you know, you go a little bit farther south and people are just real and loving and caring. And it's just, it's a lot warmer. Yeah, more authentic. You get the, it is, you get, you get it the is. Real deal. Even the food. I mean, everything's a little bit better. Yeah. I, I love it, you know, and the prices aren't as high. Yeah, and like, you know, we walk in to grab our coffee today. The young lady behind the counter, she's knowledgeable, she's sweet about the coffee, kind of helping me pick what I want. Mm-hmm. And she's a movie star. Yeah, she does movies and yeah. she does modeling and, yeah. you know, it's just everybody's trying and here we are, you know, I'm in your, your garage, and you're an A-list celebrity, and you're being oh, nice to I'm me. Oh, A-list, listen to this. You're, you're, you're the I call, tip of the I'm top. Not, I'm not a TV star. I, I call myself a personality on a TV show. Yeah. There you go. And I appreciate you being gentle for the time. I know you're busy, but I really want to, because you just told me about it, I really want to push this this program you've got going, because I'm going to be at the next one. And, and, and can you a little bit more detail? That would be this Saturday. This Saturday, yes. Cars and Coffee. It's the third Saturday of every month. And even if the weather's crappy, I'll still have the doors open. That's awesome. Okay, so I'll open up the door. People can kind of look at some of the stuff we're actually working on. And sometimes if you're really lucky, uh, well, Mike Wolf won't be here for this one. Danielle, we want Danielle to come. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, she's, she's kind of a hard uh, cookie to get down. Oh, I bet. She travels a lot. Sure. Okay. Um, and so what, what's the price to get in? So you let no. people check things out? Yeah, they can check it as long as they don't fall down and hurt themselves. And don't touch anything. No touching. Yeah, can't open the doors on the cars. Don't, no key in any cars. Yeah, I don't want absolutely. any of that stuff going. No pulling trinkets off of it. It doesn't cost anything to check it out? No, you can oh walk gosh. in and you can see what's going on. It's not much. I, you know, I'm so used to it. I, oh, I it's kinda, a lot. It's awesome. Is it? Yeah. You know, there's some old relics. or some old pictures of the dealership on the wall. There, you have a bear in here. How many people do you know have a bear? Yeah, we got a black door. bear. Mike uh, picked that up. It uh, wasn't on one of the picks. I think he bought that somewhere yeah. else. And uh, he said, put wheels on it so we can push it around. Yeah, he, he stays very still. He doesn't growl or anything. No, so. he doesn't. And it's a good photo op to get your uh, picture next to an old Indian motorcycle and a bear. Yeah, it's How great. Often well, you know? remember, that's the third Saturday every month. It's coffee and cars. How do we say it? Cars oh, and coffee. Cars and coffee. And you get to come over here and look at stuff that you see on TV. And, we, and just, yeah. it's for free. Yeah, and then when you're done, you can run up and go to Pockets for breakfast. Yeah. Or, well, we'll have uh, Mule Town Coffee down here. They'll be serving up coffee. And it's they, really good. Tried it today yeah, for the first strong. time. It's got lots of caffeine. That's what we need. It gets your morning going. And will you take pictures and sign autographs if people want it? Oh, pff. 
Autographs, come on. <laughs> hey, I'm just another thug. Who wants an autograph? Uh, you're awesome. Like Nobody said, does autographs anymore. You know that? Yeah. Every it's all about the picture. Yeah, you, know, you got to have that cell phone. Yeah, yeah, it's a selfie, and those that's well, that's kind of what hot. It's hot. And like I said, Mike Mike tries to be here for all of them too. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it was kind of cool. Last week we had. Uh, Oh, God, he's my neighbor. I always, Motley Crue. Vince Neal was here. Yeah. He ended up showing up with one of his uh, cars, and he was just walking around, having yeah, a good yeah. time. That's insane. I mean, he stacked around for like an hour and a half just, you know, taking pictures with people. Yeah, how cool. Vince Neal in Columbia, Tennessee. Motley Crue's lead vocalist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's really just a gentleman and a sweet guy and a nice guy. So he was here. Mike was here. Uh, we you were here. Lot, yeah, no, we, have a lot, we have a lot of performance. There's a place out in uh, Spring Hill, PBR or something. Yeah, I think I think, I that's, think right. that's it. I PBR or something. They came brought down with about six of their like supercharged cars, and that was really neat looking at the modern classics and stuff. And I think what sets us off from like uh, Cool Springs, Cool Springs is more modern cars. I think we get a lot more older cars here, and we're bringing them up from like Pulaski, Alabama. So you're getting to see a lot of stuff you don't see like at Cool Springs. Yeah. Which is really neat. And yeah. a lot of old-timers, really cool stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time. We're going to get this podcast up and running. And be sure every third Saturday to come check this out. This is this is history in the making. We got You know, it's, it's perseverance. Uh, you're going to be like a kid in a candy shop. You're just going to have a good time. I can't wait. I can't wait for Saturday to get here. Oh, you're going to come early and help me push cars around. I will be here with bells on. Okay. All, All right, guys. Thank stay tuned you. for that. Yes, thank you. and girls oh my goodness do i have a special treat for you on episode five of the josh belcher experience podcast this week my very first stand-up comedian special guest brandon skelton is going to be granting us an interview he just competed in the 2019 clean comedy challenge at third coast comedy in nashville tennessee what that is is that there's a group of hand chosen comedians from around the country and beyond that compete against each other uh, to gain the title of funniest, cleanest comedian in all the land. So Brandon Skelton will be discussing with us how he fared in that, um, his comedy stylings, where you can catch him performing, and all sorts of good stuff. So let's get on with it. Here we go. Special treat on this edition of the Josh Belcher Experience Podcast, my first ever phenomenal stand-up comedian, Mr. Brandon Skelton's here with me in Studio A. We're going to be discussing his career, uh, how he got to the point he is now, and what he's going to be doing, and um, all that good stuff. So introducing, hey, Mr. Brandon Skelton, how are you doing? Well, hello, listeners. My name is Brandon Skelton. Yeah, woo! The crowd's going wild here in Studio A. Um, <laughs> But this is uh, this is a joy to be on the podcast. I'm a longtime listener, first time guest. Yes, and so it's a uh, great to be part of the Josh Belcher experience and just kind of share with you guys a little bit of my comedy journey and just the neat things that's been happening. Um, and the reason I had him on here, like I said, he is a natural talent for comedy. As a person that attempted it at once, and I was not very good at it, uh, Brandon here has a natural flow. He just uh, he's meant to be on the stage, and you guys got to check him out. He's got. Uh, I'm assuming you're in the social media yet. You got the social media rounds going? I do have a Facebook page called 180 Comedy by Brandon Skelton. That's awesome. And uh, just a, a, since we brought it up, the 180 concept is what I started off with uh, because of the concept of helping to turn somebody's day around with laughter. Uh, but also one of the big goals with my comedy is to help raise money for worthwhile causes that helps turn people's lives around so yeah, yeah he, he's great he, and he's one of the clean ones which is uh for anybody that knows comedy it's hard to get through a set and make people laugh uh doing it clean but but he's got it and anyway uh brandon's a former teacher and a full-time pastor so he's got a lot of interesting stuff and he is the manager of a planet fitness gym where you can go work out and if you're lucky he'll come talk to you and share a couple of giggles with you how you're a versatile man. Uh, how, how do you how did you tackle all that stuff? Well, 
I work better with a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah. Uh, I like being involved. I like being engaged. I don't do well with downtime. Um, but I don't know. I just I, I just love being involved with people's lives, trying to make a trying to make a difference, hopefully a positive one. Um, so, you know, been in ministry since I was 16 years old. Got into teaching when I was 22, and then this kind of my whole comedy experience is sharing those. You know, taking events from being a pastor, being a teacher, a coach, a husband, dad, you name it. So, uh, just pulling life, finding the fun stuff in it, and then bringing it to the stage that something can, that people can relate to. Yeah. Uh, now, enjoying a uh, sermon of yours that I have attended your church and seeing you do stand up. Um, it didn't look like a hard transaction, but what was the origin story? What made you decide, hey, I think I can go do stand-up? Because, you know, it's one thing to preach, but to tell jokes to a room of strangers, that's taking a big risk. What made you decide that was something you wanted to do? Well, if we take the time machine back uh, to when I was 16 years old, I was a sophomore in high school, and we had a variety show one year. And people was like, you've got to get Brandon to do his matt foley motivational speaker <laughs> now here's the thing about it i guess just being a uh gentleman with uh, blonde hair and a robust build they just <laughs> assumed that i could do matt foley the motivational speaker because i'd never done it uh, but i was a saturday night live fan so I, I knew the gist and so they bring me into the room with the teacher that was hosting it and she's like let's see it happen so i just started going around the room you know Young man, what do you want to do with your life? You know, pulling up the pants and, you know, uh, you know, like I can tell from looking here, you want to grab the world by the tail and pull it down, wrap it up and stick it in your pocket. And uh, so that kind of started with the variety shows. That became a big thing every year. Uh, a lot of times from the variety shows, I would end up doing comedy at business Christmas events. Uh, so got to make a little money even at that and had a lot of fun with it. Now, I did... Play around with comedy a little bit in college, but I'd say probably by the time I graduated college, I just started focusing on the teaching and ministry. Uh, just like any guy who's you know got a job and insurance, I started thinking about family, <laughs> and uh, so uh, you know all that started hitting. And then December twenty seventeen, I, I had a lot of folks that was just like, "Bro, you, you post funny stuff. You, you you're funny in conversation. Why don't you try stand up?" and uh, so I, I just jumped in and started working some Christmas banquets, different odds and ends. Um, just like any right-out-of-the-gate comedian, I thought I was pretty awesome. Uh, now I've called those people who hired me that first Christmas and offered to do a free show uh, just to make up for that first round because it was, <laughs> it was tough. But uh, just being a teacher and being a minister, I'd already kind of had that stage time experience. Uh, then through the process of training, and I might give Josh an opportunity to present that question, uh, started figuring out just just word placement and how to make a funny story had those punchlines in there so people were laughing throughout. Yeah, and plus with all your experiences with all that, you have enough stories to fill you know three or four hours worth of stuff. Right. Um, but uh, you know, going from that, the origin stories and everything, um, and so far every set I've seen you do, you know, being a fairly new comedian, I mean, you know, they say it takes ten years to be an overnight success. You don't seem like you've ever had any spots where nobody's laughing at you. You've never experienced. Have you ever bombed? You've never done that have you let's see here um uh, oh i know i have I, I, I know there's probably been somewhere i've walked away from that i was like never again <laughs> i will tell you now i probably one of the most humbling experiences was was in high school i did comedy for civil war reenactors oh wow yeah you would think that would be a banging crowd <laughs> um just a bunch of guys just loving sarcasm and quick wit humor um, they were ready for me to get off the stage uh, as, probably as quick as I was ready to get off the stage. So that was a very humbling experience and, and let me know that um, you got you got to prep when you go into any crowd, especially if it's Civil War reenactors yeah. because that they, they don't hand out laughs freely. Yeah, now, was it Union and Confederate soldiers together or was it just one battalion in particular? You know, I'm, I'm not sure because uh, I never even asked. I got out the door as quick as I could. And you didn't whistle Dixie? No, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't try to pick sides and win over a certain group. You know, nothing. Uh, which, I mean, yeah, so it was, it was good for me, though. It, it, it brought me back down to earth. I got Okay, now, if you would describe your stylings, who, who would you say that you model after? Who, what kind of comedians do you enjoy? Because, like I said, I enjoy your style, but who, who, who do you reference to or who mm. do you draw inspiration from or whatever? Well, guys, I like. Now, I take the, the gentleman I, I listen to a lot. 
you know, you're going to have your Jim Gaffigans, of course. And using his style, you know, he uses a lot of family stories, family situations. Uh, you know, I work a lot of that into, uh, into my sets about being a husband, um, you know, being a dad. Of course, Loftus gives you material. Uh, I like Nate Borgatzi, and once again, a guy that can spin that story on you and just be kind of deadpan. Um, you know, depending on the crowd, you know, like if I'm working adults, which is usually mostly what I do, I like to be a little more slower, deliberate. Uh, I'm a big fan of the pause style, you know, hit a line, pause for a moment, and then hit a twist. Um, I've worked just a couple youth events, and that's a whole other ball game. Uh, you know, you get jacked up on caffeine, and you run out there, and you just watch the tape afterwards to see what you said. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, those guys, any of those clean comedians that's mainstream has been big influences to me. You know, I, I don't know, I don't want to say I model after anybody or my style similar because those guys have been in it for years, and if they heard me say that out of all the listeners to the Josh <laughs> Belcher experience, I might get in a, an email from someone that's like... You're nothing like me, so yeah. stop claiming to be. So. That's, yeah, that's true. Okay, now let's talk about you. Just recently here, uh, this is where you know we're broadcasting from Middle Tennessee, but you did a Nashville. Um, well, tell us about the competition you just entered. Okay, so last week it's Clean Comedy Challenge. Uh, it's headed up uh, by Leslie Norris Townsend. Uh, this was the tenth year of it, and pretty much her goal was when she started this thing is giving a stage platform opportunity for clean comics. Uh, of course, a lot of us are also Christian comedians. Uh, I'm part of the Christian Comedy Association. Um, so getting on that stage, it's a three-day event. Uh, you have a three-minute set one night, three-minute set the second night, and then the last night you have a two-minute set, and then they pick a top four. So, I mean, total, you're you know hitting around eight minutes, eight to ten minutes uh, of material that you get to do. Uh, you've got comedians in this one that we just had. There was 26 comedians, I think it was. No, 22 uh, from the U.S., two from Canada, two that didn't show. So, yeah, 24 uh, is an international event because we had two Canadians there, so, which was fun because before one of the guys did his set, I could have sabotaged him because he was like, hey, what is considered good weather in Tennessee? Because he was a radio announcer from Canada. He said, is 80 good? And I said, yeah, 80 is good. I should have been like, no, people in Tennessee love 55. That's, <laughs> that's what we love. Um, but I didn't want to sabotage the guy. But, you know, it was, it was fun. Comedians from all around the country. I've connected with a lot of these guys. Um, you know, even connected on the social media afterwards. So it was an experience to learn, see some other comedians in their craft, uh, challenge me and remind me because a uh, little spoiler alert, I did not win. Uh, so a little <laughs> spoiler alert there. But uh, challenge me to let me know, hey, there, there's guys out there that's putting in the work, who's got the talent. And if I want those opportunities as well, when people decide what comedian do I want for my event, uh, I can't just... I just can't float through. I can't go on cruise control. I've got to work daily to get myself better. Now, do you do you write material daily, or how does it come to you when you get ready to do material? A lot of times, uh, things hit me in the moment. Uh, you know, see something take place, a story that happens, and then I start crafting it up in my head. I, I'm blessed, I guess you could say blessed, to have a 20-minute drive to work. Uh, so there's a lot of drives to work going home. <laughs> you know, I take stuff that, that's happened and just start trying to, how can I punch it up? And, and make it better. How can I bring a twist to it uh, to surprise folks? Uh, of course, keeping within the truth. That's one of the things I, I'm kind of getting in trouble with comedians. Uh, you know, a lot of comedians will uh, kind of create a story that's funny. Yeah, embellishment. Embellishment, yeah. yes. Uh, I, I struggle with that. Um, mainly just on a personal side, it's harder for me to be able to present the, the joke if I know that I've embellished but I also have an eight-year-old who will call me a liar if if I tell a story that was not true. And as soon as we get in the car, she's like, Dad, did that really happen? And then I'm like, no, no, it didn't. So I attempted a couple times. And so now I just you know, stick, stick with things that go on and find ways to, to build it up and make it, make it funny. Yeah, plus that's, that's genuine. And, and, and people adapt to that more versus, you know, the old saying, if, if, if you're a liar, you have to have a great memory. Because you're gonna, you know, you're gonna forget something you said uh, mm. at one point or the other. Uh, so, with that being said, um, you know, you talk about your website. What are you doing here in the future, where people, if people want to come check you out, where are you performing at? Okay, the the next, oh, let's say over the next month, Friday night, I will be this Friday night, July the nineteenth. I'll be in Scottsboro, Alabama. It's a Pentecostal church. Uh, they're doing a fundraising event there. Uh, Saturday night, I'll be in Woodbury, Tennessee. It's a, like a couple's dinner night at uh, uh, Woodbury Pentecostal Church. Next week, 
I'll actually get to be performing with Bob Smiley. Me and him is doing a fundraiser uh, for Best Buddies International. That's going to take place at Murray Hills Church in Columbia, Tennessee. So it'll be Bob Smiley, who's like off the charts. You know, he's worked with Tim Hawkins. He's worked with all the guys. He's he's on the top of the Christian comedy world. But not only him, but Brian Bates will be with us. He is no, he's no, hilarious. Yeah. Oh, he's he's the real deal, man. And he he opens for Nate uh, Nate Bergazzi a lot. Uh, Lee Harden is going to be there. Uh, he had a special on Dry Bar here recently. So uh, really, I'm out of my league. Uh, but since I'm the guy that that's putting it together, I get to be on the show. But yeah. I feel like you're in there. You think so? I, I think hey. you're bringing something to the table. Cool. Well, are, they like, are you closing the show? Oh no no no. <laughs> no! Yeah, I'm bringing in Bob Smiley from Texas and say, "Hey man, I'm gonna need you to open for me. Yeah. Uh, give me a give me a strong ten to warm that crowd up." So. Now that would be the plot twist. Um, Janet was in here. Janet was in here. One of our fellow Planet Fitness sins. Um, but that'll be a cool event. That's that's the next few days, and then after that, I've I've just got a couple things lined up for August. But that's your most recent things going to be going on so it'll be fun it'll be fun yeah one thing i'm gonna, I'm gonna brag on brandon because he is a humble guy he's a, he's an excellent leader he's a great person to talk to um he's got you know god god is with him you can feel in his aura but he won't brag on himself and he is really really funny and if you guys want to go catch some good clean comedy fun uh, he's going to be the guy for you and he's going to use his talents to let god utilize him and like you said if you've got a a show you want him on or, or something to promote or something to help with a charity um give him a shout because he's going to make you laugh at the very least you're going to leave your cheeks are going to be hurting because i can just hear him around here you know we'll be talking he'll make me laugh um you mentioned the website but if they wanted to you know catch you is that how they get a hold of you or is there an email or something too or facebook's best route right now as far as social media i do have this my personal email which is pastor uh, p-a-s-t-o-r as in a minister not where you keep cattle um <laughs> But I live on a farm, so I need to I need to specify that one. Uh, so pastor at newmercychurch.org. Um, so that's the go-to right now. Uh, website's in the making, but we'll we'll wait until we see when that hits, and then that'll be the, the go-to place. But yeah, pastor at newmercychurch.org. Or check me out on Facebook, Brandon Skelton, S-K-E-L-T-O-N, like Red Skelton. <laughs> and he asks if we're related. I go ahead and claim him because he can't tell any difference. So. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. Well, hey, thank you for being generous with your time. And we'll continue on when you've got some more projects coming up. And uh, just thanks for being a part of the podcast, Mr. Skelton. My pleasure. Okay, this week in history, 50 years ago, July 28th, uh, they landed on the moon for the first time. Neil Armstrong did his walk, you know, one small step for man, giant step for mankind. I'm here with Mark McNamee. He's one of the, McNamee? McNamee. McNamee. One of the coolest guys ever, has a mustache that can rival that of Tom Selleck, Sam Elliott, Jim Croce, all the greats, Raleigh Fingers. And he remembers what he was doing the day they landed on the moon. This is our segment. Every once in a while, he'll be a guest. We're calling it Markisms. So today's Markism. He's discussing the landing of the moon. So tell us about what you were doing that day 50 years ago. Actually, I was working on the golf course, and the golf course is named Lulu Country Club. Nice. And outside of Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. And I was actually cutting grass at the time. And did you, from where you're sitting, did you see them up on the moon from where you're at? No, I couldn't. I didn't have that luxury. Okay. What, how did you feel when you realized, hey, while you're down here on Earth in Philadelphia cutting grass, there was somebody up there playing around on the moon? Actually, at that time, it was quite amazing somebody would be doing that. Yeah. I mean, it was something new to everybody. Uh, it was something that was never expected. It was just something new. Yep. Very cool. Well, Mark, thank you for your time. You're the greatest man I know. Somebody wants to check you out on social media. Where do they go? Josh, you have a great day and enjoy yourself. This brand new rock and roll tune is called Ugly from Nashville's very own FFN. Recently signed to En Vogue Records. Caught up with lead vocalist Mateus to discuss the song's meaning, their new EP, and their upcoming show here in Nashville.
right, Mateus Amato. Correct. All right, awesome. With um, FFM, which is uh, and listen to the song, the new single, Ugly. Uh, really great too, man. It's 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 got a nice beat to it, and then it's got a great message. Will you uh, discuss a little bit of it with us, uh, if you don't mind? Yeah, sure. Um, so I uh, pretty much wrote the song after um, my girlfriend at the time. She was like crying on the phone, and I was asking her what's wrong, and then a bunch of girls like making fun of her, and she was like upset about it. Um, and then she 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 told me she was like, I feel ugly, you know, it's like, and I pretty much like. Um, yeah, I, I, I do feel ugly all the time. And, um, you know, regardless of who you are, like what your social status is or how much money or followers you have, anyone can feel that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just, it's, it's really cool. I mean, you know, it's, it's neat that you took, you know, a situation like that, which is really not the best, Mm -hmm. kind of turned it into a, a song that everybody can relate to. I mean, everybody at one point, uh, you know, age, race, creed, whatever, always has something they're not satisfied with about this self. So, you know, why not discuss it? And, you know, everybody's going to latch on to this and, and relate to that. So, I mean, that was very cool that you could actually put it into uh, to song there. So, good job on that. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, the, the the band name is really interesting. Like I said, when I got this uh, from Earshot Media, I saw that, you know, you're out of Nashville. So, being a Middle Tennessee guy, I had to support you. You know, congratulations with Invogue <laughs> Records and everything. Uh, is FFN, is that short for something? Uh, yeah, so when I was 18, I came up with the idea of Farewell for Now. And um, originally, in my old band, it was supposed to be uh, a record that we were um, supposed to do, but the band broke up, and I kind of kept that notion with me. And so I decided it, it was Farewell for Now for a long time, and I was just doing acoustic music, and I wanted to do something that was, I don't know, you know, more a little bit more commercial, so I just went with the acronym. All right. Right on. Pretty cool. Yeah, I was just kind of curious. I was like, that's got to have some kind of meeting. Uh, you got a new EP coming out. Uh, when, when is that dropping? What's, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, that comes out August 2nd, actually. All right, so not too far off. That's awesome. And you'll be able to get that wherever you're performing or online or something like that? Correct, yeah. We have, we have pre-orders up right now on MerchNow.com. And we have some... Also, some cities and some baseball teams and stuff like that. Awesome. So, merch now. Check out FFN. Okay, and uh, one more thing, and I'll uh, I'll let you get back to it. You uh, you got a show locally here at the end. Uh, what's that coming up, and uh, who's going to be there with you on the bill? Uh, we're opening up for a band called uh, Sun Sleeper and a band called Picturesque. <clears throat> Picturesque is a band on uh, Equal Vision Records. Oh, right on. Mm-hmm. Great, cool. So Wednesday, July July twenty fourth. Uh, what time does that start? That starts at seven p.m. I believe. Very cool. So everybody can remember to get their tickets and go check that out. Well, hey, uh, thanks for making Nashville proud, and wish you nothing but the best. And thank you for uh, sharing a little bit of your information and some of your time with us. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, we're doing. Yeah, take care. Hey, bye. This week's edition of the Lunch Break, my buddy Jeff Smith's on a little vacation, so I'm sitting with my wonderful mother, Odessa. Hello, everyone. And her best friend, Miss Linda Marlette. Uh, we're all roommates in a Golden Girl situation, me being the third wheel. You want to say hi, Linda, or are you just going to eat? Hello. Okay, anyway, what we're talking about on this week's Lunch Break is 50 years ago on July 20th, on my mother's birthday, they landed on the moon. 50 years ago this year, and guys walked 12. on it. You were 12. Linda, what were you? You weren't even born yet, were you? 50 <laughs> years ago? But anyway, I wanted to ask you two, what do you remember about the landing? What were you doing? Where were you at? Do you, either of you remember it? Mm. You do? Her mouth's full. Mom, tell me I what. I just remember sitting, everybody was so excited, and looking at a black and white TV. The screen wasn't very big, <laughs> but, and... Everybody getting really excited about people landing on the moon, and I'm only 12, so I'm wondering how in the world they get there and what they're going to do after they get there. Okay, did you see a little stick figure up there walking around, or just... Yeah, they were a little bitty, they looked tiny, not quite <laughs> sticky, they had a, they had on helmets She's and laughing, stuff she's dribbling. You no, know, and they was kind of, looked like it was floating a little bit, and... Those are floaters in your eye. What is that? Floaters. Floaters. It wasn't an actual astronaut. Linda, what were you doing when they landed on the moon? Where were you at? 
don't remember. Oh, I was at my grandparents' house. Of course, you that's where I lived well, anyway. So I know yeah. we were stuck in front of the TV watching it. Yeah. It was an exciting time. Where, you were in Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. And my mother was in Leapers Fork, Tennessee. Exactly. And I think we had that TV with the big rabbit ears, you know, stuck up real. Yeah. That's very exciting. And this is my mother's 62nd birthday. It's retirement time. And I've probably told all of you, I'm a mama's boy. I got the best mama guy could ask for, and she's got the worst son that she could have been distributed. Not true. I've apologized thousands of times. Not true. And for my mother's birthday, Linda, my mother, and I, well, Linda may not, but we're going to watch Caleb Plant, Sweet Hands, from Tennessee, defend his title against Mike Lee. Mike Lee's a bigger boy, and he's a spoiled boy. He's got a college education. And he uh, had to come down and wait to <clears throat> to claim this title. He's never lost. He's got knockouts. Caleb Plant's never lost. Caleb told him in a you know where they get together one on one that you know this is his only plan. This is how he feeds his family. There is no backup plan like Mike Lee with his silver spoon life. Uh, Mom, what do you think is going to happen in this boxing match coming up on your birthday? Fox Sports. What's Caleb Plant going to do? Is he going to? Uh, gonna I retain? think he's going to knock him out in the third round, the third. about midway. He's going to kiss the canvas. Yeah, I believe he's going to put him down. If you've ever watched Caleb Plant, he is determined. The the anger and the hunger in his eyes is scary. It's almost like it's hollow in there. And I, I really, I think the same thing. I think he's going to wear him out. I think it's going to be a tough, tough fight. Uh, but at the end, our Tennessee boy is going to yeah, retain his title. He's got the will to do it, and we're praying for him and hoping he gets it. Linda, how do you feel about boxing? Very excited. No boxing Very for Linda. Very excited. But that's what we're going to do with our Friday night. I'm helping my friend Adam move, and then we're going to order in uh, Mother's Choice, and we're going to watch uh, some bloodshed. It is. It is. This, what yeah, it's this Saturday or Friday? This Saturday, the 20th. <gasps> Mother's birthday slash boxing event, food and moving. And we'll be here. And that's another edition of Lunch Break. Say Listen, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. Send all your birthday wishes. To Odessa. Yeah, cards, money, everything. Love and kisses. It's taken. Mm-hmm. All right, Linda, do you have any closing notes? Come on. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Aww. And we had Taco Bell for lunch. And we'll catch you next time. Okay, this is a sample of the brand new song Country Strong by Honey County. Check out the new music video on YouTube.
we uh, we wrote it and then edited and re-edited and still didn't have it quite where we wanted it. So we brought in our friend Kaylee Shore to help us finish it out, and she helped us get it to a place mm-hmm. where we're really happy with it. And and then once we were finished with that, we sent it over to our friend DJ Hish, who is going to kind of put like a dance remix spin on it. Um, wow. Stagecoach because. They specifically wanted something danceable. Up-tempo. So, up-tempo. That's what we made the song, but then he just added some bells and whistles. and um, got, got a beat going. Got a beat yeah. going, and it was great. And we uh, we put it together, and then we performed it um, on Saturday night, and it went off really well. It was a very touching and moving experience. Um, and then uh, we heard that they were going to be doing it again and they asked us to do an encore performance so we played it again the next night it was great we did the whole thing again and some of the footage that you see in the video at the end is actually from uh our performance at stagecoach so it's a very cool um you know tie-in with the whole live show experience um and we also really as far as video goes really wanted the country community to be a part of the video because it's about them and it's for them so we rounded up as many people as we could to be country strong in video form, and and yeah, we asked the community to send us uh, whatever makes them country strong. And so, a lot of people submitted mm-hmm. themselves holding up signs that said country strong, and um, some people were just dancing, some people were line dancing, some people were singing along and having a good time. Um, and you know that it, it was a really important element to to get people. Mm-hmm community to be a part of it and then like Katie said just adding uh footage from our live performance at Stagecoach was really special um and it it really tied the video completely together yes yeah, I mean it's a beautiful song it's a feel-good song like I mean I think it could turn you if you're not having a good day it could put you in a good mood that's what I feel about Aww, like I said it's just it's happy considered and, and hats off to you it takes a lot of talent to uh have that kind of pressure put on you and be able to pull through with a great product such as uh country song i really liked it and then you know just all the happy people it's just a it's just a great feeling song uh, uh well captured um can we discuss the message at the end you know that kind of got me a little choked up there if you guys would talk about that for a minute the the tribute to the yes. dedicated to to the survivors and to also the country community i mean it's everything you know that we said it's it's the song is for the country community it's for them it's not for us and yeah. um we wanted to make that very clear um, if it wasn't already, you know, just it, we thought it was it was important to to recognize these people because they are our friends, our neighbors, and they're our family. Um, so we thought it was it was very important to write that message at the end and let that be kind of like a, a final thought. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. You all rocked it. I mean, hats off to you, a, a killer, stellar job. Uh, very. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Thank you so uh, much. I hope everybody tunes in. I watched it on YouTube. I'm sure hopefully everybody has access to that. <laughs> Can check yes. it out there. Um, yes, Share it yeah. away. <laughs> and another another thing we can talk about, which is I'll be catching you guys the 18th. You've got two big wild horse shows coming up. Can we talk about yeah. those, July 17th and 18th, just right around the corner here? Yeah. Um, we're playing tomorrow night with our, our band, our you know, drum and bass player, and we're going to do two sets, and it's going to be a really fun show. Um, we're excited to be playing with the full band in Nashville. Um, and then Thursday, we're actually playing a special event with Gibson. Yep. Um, it's a showcase with a bunch of different artists, and we're so excited to be on the lineup. Um, and it's going to be a really awesome Okay, that wraps up Episode 5 the Josh Belcher Experience. I want to give a special thanks to Honey County, FFN, Mike Medford, Brandon Skelton. We had a big one this week. A special thanks to all my guests. And thank you for listening and taking the time to listen. If you think there should be anybody that should be a guest on my show, just have them hit me up at joshbelcher at hotmail.com. I appreciate you listening. If you keep listening to them, I'll keep making them. So we'll see you next time. Have a great day, and bye-bye.